What up, good people? Welcome back to Love and Grit. I'm Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. And you should know by now that we love a good story about a Philadelphian making their mark on the world. Today, we speak to two phenomenal young men as they take up all the space in some pretty dope places. Travis Wolf Jr. has been taking all the space on some of your favorite TV shows and most recently, one of the most popular shows on television. Kareem Rosser uses his powers as a polo champion to encourage more Black children to take up space in the sport where there are few. But before we get into these spaces let's get into some of these philly faves justin what do we got today today what's your favorite concert coming up there's so many good shows coming Mm. to philadelphia and the greater philadelphia region rachel Rachel. so glad you're going first girl (laughs) you know what you know why can she do one that's the question (laughs) oh here's the test i I do what i want how about that how about that we know we know I'm going with the Dell Music Center. They always have what? Not a concert. It's a wait, venue. wait a minute. This is my opening. Oh, they always oh, have she's, a she's great PR enough. She's PR up. enough. <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to uh, there's several folks having new music coming out, and hopefully when they like. perform like Neo and Babyface. Okay. <laughs> We'll get to hear new music, but are they at <laughs> the Dell this year? Concerts that are taking place. Oh yeah, baby, babyface, stay at the Dell, honey. He kills the That's Dell. That's great. Yes, hey, yes. Aren't you glad and I Neo. let you know? Yes. Okay, uh, fine. So listen, I, I got to go a little opposite of the way Rachel went because I usually Uh-oh. go that way, you know. But I got to say, new kids on the block are coming to town. I'm very excited about that. You should know Elton John is coming to town. Yes. I am very excited about I'm that. I'm going to that one. Listen. You already have your tickets, Jay. I know mm-hmm. you do. Them things probably ain't going to be cheap, but them things definitely going to be worth it. And just to come back to being myself, I just wanted to let everybody know that Kendrick Lamar is coming to Philadelphia. I just yes. wanted to say that. Yes, it's going to be amazing. See, didn't you feel good saying so more good. than one? I did. I missed somebody, but I don't even... Don't make it a, don't don't make I, it a I have it. it. Oh, it's yeah, only for you? That's only for you? Thank you. Thank okay. you. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll continue to follow the rules as I always have and do. Okay, um, we'll see. So... Oh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers coming too. Okay, I'm done. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> Justin. I'm sorry. So you didn't say mine yet. Uh-oh. It's the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh. No, uh-oh. I kind of have like Where a will thing they be? for the Goo Goo Dolls. They got like one song. No, they don't. <laughs> oh, oh, Jack. My friends, they're at the um the man. They're at the man this year. So I see them often. And it started like as a joke. Wait, do you I like love... follow their schedule? You're like a oh, you kind of. you're like Dave Matthews. <laughs> Wait, what t-shirt do you wear? Wait, I don't I don't have a t-shirt. I, he has his outfit uh, <laughs> I love this line Go ahead. in a song called Black Balloon. And the line is a thousand other boys could never reach you. How could I have been the one? Oh, Sing it. How, how does it go? Sing no, don't even. Yeah, no, I don't know. No, how, she's I don't baiting know. me now. Anyway, so I'm like obsessed with this song, Black Balloon, that nobody else cares about. But they have a lot of bangers that you would know. Not bangers, but like sing along songs in the car. <laughs> this is why so I didn't safe. tell you before, because I knew you guys were going to make fun of me. <laughs> That's wonderful. I I think music is the soundtrack of our lives, right? <laughs> and so, thank you. 
Have they made, ain't, they, ain't they the City of Angels song, people? I don't know. Yes. Yes, yes. they're the City of yes. Angels. Okay. Yes. Justin, what are you going to wear? Do you have like a special shirt? No, no. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> Look, I you, you, have have a lot of, you have a lot of amazing t-shirts, so I don't know why you're fronting right now. I know you know what you want Rachel wear, okay? is really just shady. I'm going to stalk your Instagram, <laughs> and I'm going to make sure Love & Grit posts the t-shirt that you're wearing, because I know you, got, you have a fun t-shirt plan, so don't Well, now try. I'm going to have to look for one. Good Let's God. just start the show. Thank uh, you. As Philadelphia's continue their reign of talent conquering the entertainment industry, we at Love & Grit must continue to say their names and tell their stories. While Travis Wolf Jr. is only 16 years of age, he is already a 10-year vet in the TV business. Since his first role in a 6ABC commercial, his list of acting gigs continues to impress from the neighborhood to grown-ish, with a lot in between, including his most recent role as Dell on the CBS hit show Bob Hart's Abishola. However, that's not it. Travis doesn't just entertain, he creates opportunities. He started the Junior Art Scholarship, which provides scholarships to youth ages 7 to 17 to attend visual and performing art-related programs. And he serves as a star ambassador for his mother's nonprofit, Star in You, which helps underprivileged children obtain resources and opportunities in the arts. Please allow us to introduce you to Travis Wolf Jr. Thanks for fitting us in, in between your 19 jobs and... Mm. Being a 16-year-old and managing a whole career. I say, hey, I had to make time for you guys. I had to make oh, it happen. You're a Philly guy, that's why. Yeah. Eric, gotta show love. When did you want to act? When did this all start? You no, know, it's actually a pretty, pretty crazy story about how it started. When I was younger, I always looked up and admired my sister, and I still do till this day. But I always wanted to do what my older sister was doing. And I overheard a conversation between her and my parents about her wanting to start acting. Because of that, I told my parents that I also wanted to start acting. I didn't really know why I wanted to do it. I just wanted to do it because she was doing it. But I ended up booking my first ever audition. My first time being on set, I knew that acting is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And ever since then, I've been going strong. I've been booking and I've been blessed. Meanwhile, your sister became a director, right? Yeah, she actually switched sides. <laughs> she went behind the camera. So it's crazy how it all worked out. But I mean, I'm glad she had the conversation because <laughs> here I am now. Travis, how early do you receive a script prior to taping an episode? You know, believe it or not, we get it the night before we shoot the episode. So usually we have some, an earlier call time and we don't really get it to like eight, nine o'clock. So you only really have three or four hours to look. Well, actually, two to three hours to look over your script before the table read the next day. It's a challenge and I love challenges. So do you have a right. photographic memory? Like how, mm. do you, how are you doing that? I don't really know. I've always been blessed with a great memory. I pick up lines really fast. In about five minutes of reading a script, I could have most of it memorized. So you've had a lot of different gigs and a lot of work, but when you booked this show, what were your friends and family thinking and how did they react to this? Being an actor from Philadelphia, you know, me and my friend, well, I was getting used to a little more used to it, but my friends didn't really understand what that really meant. So when I told them the news, you know, they were happy for me. They were excited, but they didn't really know what it meant, like the gravity of the situation. But, you know, they were just excited for me, you know, because they, they know I've been working very hard at this. You know, at that time, before I booked it, I was about five or six years into acting. So they know I've been working very hard and they were just very happy for me and they congratulated me. Let's keep it funky. Bob Hart's Abishola was like a meteoric kind of push. Like all of a sudden it just grew into the 
one of the, it's like the biggest show on CBS, correct? It's, it's among the top four sitcoms on the platform. It, it did start off kind of a, kind of, it, it, it was, it was moving at a pretty steady rate for a while because it was a new show. A show right. like this has never been on television with this type of representation. So, you know, mm-hmm. people weren't used to it. And there was some controversy because as shows like those get, but mm-hmm. as people started to see the true meaning and what it really represented, they started to love it because what's not to love about an interracial relationship and love. Everyone loves love. Yeah. You know, we have so many great producers like Al Higgins and Mr. Chuck Lurie and Miss Gina Yashere. So, I was about to say Gina Yashere is everything. You must yeah. have it must be such an education in the West African aspect of life. Right. Like at least Nigerian aspect of life. Yes. It's just such a great person, you know, with so many great people behind the show. It was it was down. It was down to, to skyrocket. So I'm, yeah, I'm just yeah. blessed, a part of it and grateful. Can you tell us how has your life changed as a result of this show and being on it? Oh, it, it has changed a lot. It's given me a lot of responsibility because I understand the gravity of my role. I really represent an entire demographic and an entire group of people in multiple other countries. And, you know, they always contact me on social media telling me, yeah. like, I inspire them. Like, I'm so grateful for what you're doing for us. And to know that I've touched so many kids, it's, it's crazy. I'm really feeling the love. I'm really feeling the love from people who watch the show and just people in general. It's definitely changed my life for the better. Have you got to travel to the continent yet to see some of the things that you're actually covering on the show? Not yet. Well, maybe, maybe in a, Upcoming seasons will be shooting out in Nigeria. So you're starting your fourth season? We will be starting it in August. What's the school process for you now? Yeah, since I moved to LA, I was forced to, no, not forced, but I chose to be homeschooled because I, you know, I don't really have the time. The schedule yeah. doesn't going to school and filming week after week after week. But maybe for my senior year, because I'm a junior right now, I'll be going. Oh, there. but you know, those homeschool kids, they, they go to all the Ivy Leagues and good HBCUs. So you'll be just great. If that's what you want to do, is that in your plan? What do you want to do? Yeah, I feel as though I'm already doing what I want to do. I'm happy. I could go for the experience, but I have a lot of great friends and, you know, people in my circle. He it's said, I'll, I'll get an acting role where I play someone yeah, in, somebody college, in college. And that will well, be my experience. Right. <laughs> what's, what's interesting is like, I look at the kind of the kids and Black-ish as a model of like where kids are right now when it comes to child actors. And it seems like either you're, you're Yara Shahidi, where she just finished, I think, Harvard. But then there's the Marsai Martin route. And I'm curious if Travis is more thinking about a Marsai Martin route of things as far as making TV shows making content or are you just you thinking the acting is it of course in the future you always want to grow and expand right. you want to start looking into producing my own projects mm-hmm. and uh, writing executive producing because it's good to be on both sides of the ball what advice would you give to another young actor that was just getting started that hasn't had the type of success that you've had just yet Keep working and be patient. You know, I was blessed to have a pretty successful career since the beginning. But, you know, for some people, that's just not how it works. And there's so many lessons that you will learn from the rejections, from all the no's that you will get. Instead of using that to make you feel like you should quit, use that to inspire you to work harder. Because when Mm -hmm. you do book that role that that makes your career skyrocket, it's going to feel so good. It's really going to be fulfilling but there's lessons in the grind and you just have to understand that and know that your time is coming you just have to be patient and make sure that you're working towards it constantly when you auditioned for bob hart's abishola did you feel that you had you killed it did it feel different than another audition that you didn't book it was a funky process (laughs) the audition process um i found out i think like two days before that i had the audition and i also found out not too long before the audition that I had to do a Nigerian accent. 
Um, so Which, how do you figure that out, my friend? I don't know how I did it. Luckily, how do you uh, maintain it? Oh my goodness! Well, I did actually allowed me to uh, go back to my regular voice for the remainder of the show. But mm. when it first started, I had reached out to a man in Nigeria. I would send him voice memos of me saying different lines in a Nigerian accent and have him tweak it. Tell me how how it sounds for one, and and how to say certain words. Honestly, me personally, I don't think it was that good. Um, <laughs> I did my best and they saw they saw my potential and they gave me a shot. So I'm glad they did. <laughs> yes, you better. I'm so proud of you. That's so dope. So tell me what Philadelphia you have taken with you to Los Angeles. Like what hmm. what Philly lives in you day to day? That, that grit, if you will. And, you know, coming from Philadelphia, you know, there, there's not many opportunities that are handed to you out there. And, you know, sometimes you have to create your own opportunities and you really have to grind and, and go hard for it. And that aspect of Philadelphia is still in me today, even though I've had some success with my career, I still I still have that that grit, that grind in me, that, that want to have more and do more and be better. So that's, uh, that's something I've taken with me. Did you know Philly is the home of the 2011 National Interscholastic Polo Champions? Did you know that they are Black? And that team's brightest star from West Philadelphia led his Colorado State University team to the Intercollegiate Polo Championship in 2015. His name is Kareem Rosser. You may have seen his beautiful face in Ralph Lauren's 2019 campaign, which filled our screens with a plethora of exquisite black polo players and equestrians as the world-renowned fashion designer partnered with one of Philly's best and most innovative programs, Work to Ride, which is a nonprofit that helps disadvantage inner city youth help develop life skills through engaging in horsemanship. Yes, I want to learn what that is. Equine sports. I hope I pronounced that right. And education, a program that Kareem once participated in and is now the executive director of its fundraising arm called Friends of Work to Ride. Kareem's journey has been truly remarkable considering where he has come from and where he's landed. And now he's written a book about that journey. So there's a big event this summer. Yes, yes, the uh, inaugural Philadelphia Polo Classic that is set for this September 24th here in Fremont Park, and I could not be more excited. Tell us about it, like why Philadelphia? Tell us about your involvement, please. Yeah, so it goes back to my involvement in the Work to Ride organization that's been serving Philadelphia for 28 years now. Yeah. Started by a woman by the name of Leslie Heiner, who had the vision of helping inner city low-income families here in Philly. So myself and four of my other siblings were all part of that organization. At one point, I started riding horses when I was eight, picked up a polo model for the first time when I was nine. And then that led me to playing polo all around the world, high school, college, professional level. I participated in a number of polo events myself. And I thought it was about time that we brought one here to Philadelphia. But the importance of this event is not just polo itself and a day for people to dress up, which we are encouraging everyone to do, but also- And we always appreciate. We, we yeah. appreciate an event for a reason to dress up. We do. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. But celebrating the, the organization and Leslie and her yes. incredible commitment to, to Philadelphia. Yeah. But more importantly, really give all the young boys and girls exposure to something they normally wouldn't have an opportunity to be involved in, particularly Black boys and girls that are here in Philly that are struggling in our inner city. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have gain access to this elite world, but also come from very humble beginnings. And you know, I want to bridge these two worlds together and create an incredible event and hopefully, you know, inspire uh, people who come from the same background that I do. And this is an event really where people can go and dream and believe and see what's possible out there. 
Where is it happening? Fairmount Park, right? Yeah, it's happening in Fairmount Park, right off of Kelly Drive there, the Edgeley Fields. Uh, but yeah, right right here in the city. Yo, I feel like the majority of, of people, when they think about a polo classic, we're just, I feel like in the last five years, Black people started paying attention to like the Clico, the Verve Clico, uh, polo. Yeah, 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 yeah polo classic. But really, this is something very new and different. People won't even know what they're to expect. It's different. Philadelphia just has you know, this melting pot and so many incredible people, so many different races and people come from different walks of life. And it's an opportunity to bring them all together. But most people probably think about polo. They think of the scene, a pretty woman where, you know, she's exactly. out there stopping the, the yeah. polo did it and she's having her you know, glass of champagne and all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of truth to all of that, right? So we, we uh, do the divot thing. The divot oh, we're, thing. We're right? definitely going to be stomping divots. We're going. We get to wear our fascinators or we our hats. To, we and... get to wear our hats. You get to dress up. You get to do all of that stuff. And we're excited to bring that here. There's going to be two polo matches. The gates open at 10 a.m. The first match is at 11, and then the feature match. Myself and then uh, former face of Ralph Lauren, Nacho Figueres, is going to be mm. playing. I'm going to be mm. playing against him. Mm. Well, Kareem, when you first said what people think about when they think of polo, immediately I was thinking about some of those ads mm. and that yeah. gentleman that I saw. Pretty woman didn't come to my mind. Yeah. So it was interesting that you mentioned what did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know everyone. You know, fortunately, Nacho's going to grace us with his handsome face here at Philly, and I'm going to be playing against him. Don't match. discount your handsome face. About the same, yeah. Justin. Yeah, no. Exactly. No, no, no. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm hoping this is going to be a day that a lot of people remember. But really, this is a day to benefit the charity. But more importantly, we want to annualize this. And I want this to be an event that every September people look forward to. You bring all these communities together in one place. This is going to be really interesting, especially on a class level as well. That's the awesome part. All kind of class. Absolutely. Again, I just picture all the people who grew up in West Philly and giving them opportunity to dress up and walk on a field and stomp divots and be a part of something that's just special, right? Because I think about the organization work to ride itself and the exposure that it's given me, you know, a lot of kids that I grew up with, they never left the three or four blocks that they lived on and grew up in, right? And mm-hmm. so you really have no idea what else is out there when you're kind of stuck in this bubble. So just through my travels and the people that I've met, I've been exposed to this, this incredible world. I was going to ask you, can you kind of give people an idea of the things that you've seen? Yeah, I, I, I've been to Asia, Africa, Europe, play polo. I spent a lot of time playing polo in Nigeria with the royal people there. And that in itself was just an experience. Being amongst the elite there, huh. also seeing this juxtaposition of folks who are struggling. I mean, everyday kids who are licking bottles just to find some nutrition and nourishment. And we're out here playing polo with these oil tycoons who are Mm. living a completely different life. What has it been like when people first see you, you're nationally known, but as you first started, when people first saw you, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, in the beginning, you know, being the only face in a predominantly white crowd, I guess in the beginning it was very intimidating. Naturally, you would just feel out of place. So for me, it took me a while to just get comfortable, you know, going and conversing with someone who grew up in the Hamptons and have lived in a mansion their entire lives and, you know, have access to horses and all that good stuff. It wasn't always easy. And then sometimes people would just look at us differently and wonder, like, who the hell are these black kids mm-hmm. showing up here trying to play polo? And it wasn't like, 
you know, we were always looked at some circus acts. I don't really want to say that, but I mean, some people can argue that at times. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of curiosity. We showed up with hand-me-down equipment, horses that were not the best horses. We talked differently. We dressed differently. People were curious about us, but eventually we became great polo players and started winning. And when you win, people forget about all the other stuff. Nobody cares about anything when you win. Yeah. Can I ask you the first week that you arrived at work to ride, you and your brother, your brother's aunt, sister, right? Or just brother and sister. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about what that experience was like, because as I was reading and I, I even said it, I was like, I don't quite know what horsemanship and I know equestrian, but equine sports. It sounds like a little bit more umbrella ish. Yeah. Yeah. My family, we all we loved animals. So when we were kids, we would like go to a pond nearby and capture turtles and like hide them in my mom's back kitchen or chef kitchen and she would walk in and freak out because these massive turtles are there and we would just like find random animals to bring home we always loved animals and then we would always see the horses in the neighborhoods from some of the local cowboy black cowboys that would ride around my brothers actually just were out on a bike ride and took a wrong turn and led them to the stables and they found the stables matt leslie Came home, my mom filled out the application and then people were questioning. My mom was wondering, you're really going to trust this white lady with your kids? And my mom was like, oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, and but my first time there, I was a very timid kid. I was uh, practically afraid of just life in general. So, you know, walking up to a horse for the first time, I was terrified. My brothers were the ones who were big risk takers. But the first time there, I was I was in awe. I was terrified. I was happy. Just going to the stables, you're just in this completely different world that captures you and completely takes you away from everything that's outside of it in the best way possible. Because of that, that allowed us to turn our lives around in a completely different direction than most of our peers and family members. Mm. Can you explain to everybody why that needed to be a program like this and how expensive this sport is when you're starting out? Yeah, I mean, horses are not cheap. Our program operating budget, just to take care of the horses, is nearly like $500,000 a year. Right? That's feeding the horses and keeping them alive. Um, What they eating? Okay. Right, yeah. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Hey. Hey, yeah, exactly. They're eating a lot. Like vet bills and stuff. Yeah, vet bills, shoeing, everything. They're, They're expensive, so... There's just this natural barrier to even. And then the the uniform, I mean, it looks a little expensive. Like you said, y'all had hand-me-downs in the beginning because how expensive is it for those boots, those pants, the the hat? Like, Yeah, no, I mean, the equipment itself, I mean, it's definitely way more expensive than golf or lacrosse, but that's why you don't see a lot of inner city kids who are playing hockey or playing lacrosse or golf because those things are just expensive. So fortunately, we were able to find people to contribute to the organization that allowed us to do what we needed to do. Yeah. I just wanted people to understand like really why, how expensive. You said more expensive than golf and lacrosse. That's uh, yeah, well, they, yeah. Well, they call polo the sport of kings. There's a long legacy history, Philadelphians, you know, I think about black golfers and it's just nice that finally folks are really, really shining a spotlight and trying to get more inclusive and more folks willing to participate and wanting to learn more. But what if there was an event just for parents and their kids where it was all these organizations with these alternative and elite sports and these kids could just go to different tables. I want to do that. I want to do that. What is that? Freshman college fair. Like, yeah, that's an interesting concept. 
Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right again. It's just because like, you stumbled on this. Y'all stumbled on this. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We stumbled on it, and we had no idea where it was going to take us. Obviously, there was a lot of grit from us that allowed us to get to where we needed to be, and <laughs> uh, and a lot of love from Leslie. Yeah, oh, you are tooting right You better work it. Um, you have he, to. He's he on his press tour for his book. He tied no. in love and grit. He made those transitions. No. He said segues are for kids. Yeah. No. Um, definitely. When I think about this event, what we're doing, yeah. again, it's about accessibility. It's about giving just people a voice, but also, you know, as a little boy, people always say, oh, if you didn't find any stables, where do you think you would be? I like to say I would be somewhere doing something great just because that's just who I am. And, you know, mm. I, that, that was a part like of me, that. but... You know, at the same time, I also recognize what an incredible person who has a a vision and also has this, the tenacity to change lives. And that being Leslie was also helpful. But to your point about collaborating and get every, you know, even if it's a lead sport or the stereotypical things you see, basketball, whatever, that kids, they use that as a vehicle to go and better their lives. That's all good. But we do need to come together. And then we also need to figure out how do we give people access creating things that are tangible, that are achievable, and actually executing it. And that's just being this event, right? This is an ex- a good example of having real impact on the city, it both um, in a direct and an indirect way. I think a kid coming to this event who normally, again, would never see anything like this, they may not say they want to become a polo player or they want to do that, but you know, I want to change my life and I want to do something differently. And I think something like this will do that. They can be whatever, you know, I want to go to school and be an astronaut. I want to go do this, but they just realize that there are possibilities out there. And where do people go to find out about tickets or to support the event if they want to make a donation or sponsorship or any of the above? So you know, definitely people could visit PhiladelphiaPoloClassic.org. That's where you can purchase tickets. Our ticket price range all the way from $25 all the way to $5,000. I want to go back and say it again. We want to make this event accessible. So hopefully most majority of people can afford a $25 admission ticket just to get into the event. We're anticipating 3,000 people to be there. I think we're well on track to exceed that number. We may have to cap it. So there's already a lot of excitement about what we're doing and hopefully people learn about it sooner rather than later because they may miss the vote this year, but we are going to annualize this and continue to grow it every year. Yeah, it'd be dope to sponsor some kids' mission to get in there. Tell us about your book. Yeah, so... It's a memoir about my life and my polo journey and my family's journey and the success I've had and the struggle that I went through to get to where I am today. I was just excited to tell the story because my story personally, as well as the work to ride story has been told a number of times, but each time it's told, it's like, it's a 10-minute highlight about us being these Black kids from Philly who won a national championship. We came from this tough community, but it was so much more than that. So I thought it was important to write about our story and, and tell it in a more detailed way than it has been in the media. Mm, fast forward, what does your mom think? And what's up with your brother and your sister? What do they think about all this? And how has it affected them? I mean, my mom is my biggest fan. I don't think anyone be more of a hype woman than my mom. She's just pretty so proud. When we were younger and we started riding, she would carry around all these picture books and magazines and tell people that our kids are professional polo players Ooh. well before we were actually even that good at polo. Um, but she was just proud and she still is today. She's doing very well. My siblings are, are well, we're all incredibly close as a family and proud of each other and constantly, you know, just motivating each other just to get better each day. 
How will it feel to play in front of them in Philadelphia? Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, I'm excited. Believe it or not, my mom has not watched me play polo as, as much as one would probably assume just because I would travel all the time. It would just be nice to even just do it in front of my entire family because, you know, I'm, I'm from Philly, bringing them all out. I'm really excited about just doing it in front of Philadelphia. I'm a proud Philly boy. Wherever I go, I I talk about the city and how excited I am about what we're doing here. And I think, again, it's going to be something great for the city. Thank you. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, thank you for doing this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From Philly, I'm saying it. It's more than a polo match. It's bigger than me. It's figuring out how to get back. And showing all the great events and diverse events that we have within our region. Like, that's a big deal. Another reason to come to Philly, another reason to visit. People want new and different. Yes, they want new and different. What a couple of great guests. And it's just a great time of the year to be outside. Don't you guys feel drawn to be outside now? And I love the new events and things that are being started in Philly. Yeah, we got a lot of activities that we keep adding on our list. We didn't tell Kareem we want to pay polo, but we know we do. I want to go to Spruce Street Harbor Park. I have to admit something. I've never been there. Are you for real? No, I've been to all those places on the waterfront. You never, never been to Spruce Street Harbor Park. You didn't lay in the no. hammock or play. Okay, like- so that's our okay. Adding to the list once again, love and grin on Justin. the road. I'll spend some time, hammock time, and everything else for yeah. you to really. Can we, we cuddle that. in one hammock? No, no. we could run. We could run through right, the sprinklers. Well, they got they like a about they got like a fountain you can run through with the kids. We can do that. Well, and they also have bottle service, and you can. Oh, have like a I know service. you're talking. No, I'm yeah, interested. yeah, he's in it. He's in. He's in. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on the socials at Love Grit Philly, and of course, if you love us, rate and review wherever you listen to us. That's it. That's all. See you guys. Bye. Bye, y'all.